Jesus, we invite your presence to be with us, to speak to us, uh, to heal us. In your name we pray, amen. Imagine Jesus standing before you, sort of like he was with blind Bartimaeus on the road to Jericho. And Jesus is looking at you intently. And he asks you this question, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What would you say in response to that question? You know, desire is a funny thing. So uh, for me, growing up in the church, the word desire was not viewed positively. In fact, desire was suspect because it had to do with what you wanted. And what you wanted was probably bad. You know, sinful, selfish, lustful. And didn't Jesus say that if anyone would come after him, that they should take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow him? And denying oneself seems to imply denying what you want, sacrificing yourself, going without for the sake of some kind of greater good. And yet this seems to be at odds with what we see of Jesus as he interacts with people in the Gospels, because he's often concerned with this question of what people desire. So I think just last week in our Gospel story, he asked the same exact question of James and John. He asked them, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? And Jesus has a way of always cutting through the BS with people. You know, he cuts to the heart of the issue, to the heart of the person. And he really doesn't know any other way of relating with people because what is true in him is always speaking to what is true in the person, whether that person is aware of it or not. And sometimes it takes a minute for Jesus to be able to dig down and really get to the heart of what's there under the surface. And in this case, with Bartimaeus, it is all right there on the surface, this unfiltered, unconscious, put it all out there on the line, desire. So here's this blind beggar, he's sitting by the roadside, as he does every day, resigned to a life of poverty and humiliation and despair, with no end in sight for him. And maybe he's heard about this young rabbi, Jesus, who's causing a stir because he's healing the sick and he's casting out demons and the deaf are hearing, the blind are seeing, even the dead are being raised to life. And maybe hope was stirring in his heart. Hope was born in his heart and hope can be a dangerous thing. So then one day he hears that Jesus is finally passing by him, and this might be his only chance ever to encounter him, and he just goes for it. And he starts screaming. He's crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He doesn't care what anybody thinks. He doesn't care that Jesus is this respected rabbi, this holy man on the way, likely to something very important. 
And instead, here's this embarrassing outburst from a nobody in society. And what do we normally do when someone causes a disturbance or makes noise and interrupts something important? We go, shh. No, we silence them. We tell them to be quiet. So it says here, many sternly ordered him to be quiet, to silence him, and to silence his voice, to silence his desire. But here's the thing, and here's why Jesus is so concerned with people's desires in the Gospels. You know, why he always just like cuts to the chase with them why he cuts to the heart of the person in order to surface what those desires are. It's because our desires point to what is true inside of us. Our longing for love, our longing for significance and for meaning and for connection, our connection with God, connection with others, connection with our world, connection even with ourselves, sometimes most especially ourselves our longing for the world to be made right, our longing to be who God has called us to be and created us to be, our true selves. So at my former church, All Angels, we had a five o'clock service in the evening and a lot of people who came were homeless or struggling with mental illness or addictions. And uh, there was a meal and a shelter that would happen on those Sunday nights. So I remember there was this young guy, his name was Adriel. Um, and Adriel started coming to All Angels. And I always remember, maybe like the second or third week that he was there, Adriel saying, you know, I go to a lot of soup kitchens around the city and you know, people are nice to me, but I feel like they still see me as homeless. But when I come here, I feel like you guys see me like an equal. You see me. You see who I am. And maybe on the surface, we could look at a guy like Adriel and think to ourselves, well, what he needs or what he desires is a meal. He desires a roof over his head tonight, just food and shelter. And that's very real. He did need that. But the desire beneath the desire, it was to be seen as a person, as a human being of worth, who has hopes and dreams and longings for his life and gifts to share with the world, not just someone who's homeless, but to be seen as he really is. So what can we learn from this blind beggar? You know, rather than silencing his desire, what he does is he cries out all the more loudly and in his vulnerability and his desperation, he went for it. What was true in him, crying out to what is true in Jesus, and it just stops Jesus in his tracks. And so Jesus says, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up, and came to Jesus. And just think about what a vulnerable act that was for Bartimaeus. To be a blind man, throwing off your only possession in the world, your only protection against the world, 
You know, some say that it's likely that maybe he kept all of the money that people had given him in his cloak. And he just throws that off. And in his blindness, he leaps into the darkness and comes to Jesus. When was the last time that you allowed yourself to feel your longing rise in your heart instead of just shutting it down? What do you long for? You know, what do you want? To answer that question, it feels selfish, right? Like, aren't there more important and spiritual things that I should be attending to than my desires? You know, there are a lot of people out there who are so much worse off than I am. It feels dangerous. What if this opens up something in me and leads me down this dark and dangerous path that I won't be able to return from, that might be harmful or hurtful to myself or to others? It feels vulnerable. Like, what if I get in touch with this longing only to find that it cannot be fulfilled and met in the way that I want it to? You know, it feels pointless. Why bother even naming my desire when really nothing is ever going to change? You know, it's just better not to feel it at all. And yet here is Jesus standing before you, looking at you earnestly and intently and asking, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? For Bartimaeus, isn't it obvious what he wants? Like, why do you even need to ask? To voice our longings is a critical part of the spiritual journey because it cracks something open within us and gets us in touch with what is real and true in us. No matter how silly or selfish or self-involved or even sinful those desires might be, and what's amazing is that Jesus does not condemn us for this. So think about last week when James and John said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. I mean, that request takes some chutzpah, right? And it's easy for me to kind of roll my eyes and be like, typical alpha males, right? Is <laughs> always going for the corner office. But that's not how Jesus responds to them. He meets them exactly where they are in their desire for glory. And he says to them, you don't know what you're asking for. Like, can you drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they respond, we can. And James and John eventually will learn how deep that journey with their longing for glory will go that the road to glory in the kingdom of God is not the same as the road to glory in our world. And they're not gonna realize this until much, much later. But the journey for them begins with voicing that desire in the presence of Jesus and opening up what was real and true in them to him and allowing him access to what was in their hearts so that he could then sort out whatever it is that needed to be sorted out with them in the end. Bartimaeus says, 
simply, I want to see. It's such a simple desire, you know, one that so many of us who can see take for granted so easily. I want to see. Ruth Hilly Barton writes that when we pay attention to our longing, we are tapping into the deepest dynamic of the spiritual life. The stirring of spiritual desire indicates that God's spirit is already at work within us, drawing us to himself. We love because God first loved us. We long for God because he first longed for us. We reach out to God because he first reached for us. Nothing in the spiritual life originates with us. It all originates with God. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want? That's the question that Jesus asks each and every one of us this morning. And as we close, I want to lead us just in a few moments of reflection to give us space to name our desires in the presence of Jesus. Maybe for some of us, it's to ask, what is the desire beneath the desire? And so I invite you now, whether you're here in the sanctuary or online, just to, just to get comfortable, you know, as comfortable as you can in a hard wooden pew. Maybe it'll be easier for, for you at home. And just get into a comfortable position that allows you to remain alert. You can close your eyes if you want. You can gaze, fix your eyes on a point and gaze there if you'd like. I know we hear some sounds of construction in the background and you can just notice that and just sort of let it pass. And just breathe. Just breathe deeply. Just pay attention to your breath. Just release your tension and anxiety, the distractions and the noise. Just become aware of God's presence, God's spirit, that is your very breath of life in the midst of the noise. Just let yourself feel that breath and come to that place of drawing near to God and allowing God to draw near to you. And I want you to imagine yourself in this story of Bartimaeus, sitting on the side of the road. I don't know if that feels hard to imagine yourself in the story, to just imagine yourself in whatever your own place of need is right now. And in this moment, you hear that Jesus is passing by, and you call out to him. How do you approach him? How are you trying to get his attention? What do you say? You know, how do you feel? Just take a few moments to get in touch with that place.
And I want you to imagine Jesus turning to you, just standing face to face with Jesus, his attention fully on you, just looking at you, and of him asking, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? What are the desires that surface? What comes to mind, not judging it or shutting it down, but just allowing that desire to surface as, as rawly and instinctually as, as you can. And it may be that it's hard to get in touch with that desire, and, and that's okay. You know, you may need to just sit with this question for longer, and I just encourage you to do so. You know, maybe it's a question that you sit with over the course of this day. And to just you know, go for a walk or write in your journal, you know, God, what I most need or what I most want from you right now is this. Just to let those thoughts flow and to name them in the presence of Jesus, and to know that he receives them, and receives you exactly as you are. And so as we come to Jesus in prayer, just to imagine him receiving that desire, and just how, how is Jesus looking at you Maybe even what is he saying to you in this moment? Let's just bring that to him in prayer. Jesus, we come to you not as we wish we are, not as what we think you want us to be, but as we truly are, God, in all of our vulnerability, all of our desire, all of who we are. And Lord, we say, we want to see. And God, we long to live fully and truly into who you have called us to be. And God, these longings and desires of our heart, we know that in the end, they are a reflection of your own longing and desires for us and for our world. And so God, we know that you do not condemn us, you do not judge us for them, but that you look on us with love. You call us to yourself. And so Jesus, we come to you this morning and we just ask, would you help us to see and help us to see you? We commit ourselves, our desires, our longings, all of who we are into your loving and compassionate hands. Amen. <laughs>